0: To learn more, hey everyone, Saul Marquez is back and welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Today I have the privilege of hosting Spencer Hutchins. He is the CEO and co founder of Concert Health, America's leading behavioral health medical group, with a turnkey solution designed for primary care and women's health physicians. Concert Health's exceptional team of clinicians deliver collaborative care management, an evidence based model proven to treat anxiety, depression, and other behavioral health concerns Obviously, during the pandemic, much of that has come up. Many are calling it the second wave, and so the timing couldn't be better for having Spencer on the show to to talk about what they're doing and doing so well. So, Spencer, thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely. So, before we dive into concert health and the expertise that you guys are doing here in in behavioral health for primary care, talk to us about you and what lights your spark in healthcare.
1: Sure. You know, I think I found healthcare. Kind of through a circuitous route, but I'd always had two North Stars in my career. Loved hard, complex industry problems, particularly liked uh, things that had a lot of overlap with sort of regulation, government services a little bit. Uh, earlier in my career, worked in political campaigns and government services, so I always found that powerful. Second was really wanted a place where business success would be aligned with making the world a little better place. And really felt like, particularly in this last decade, that there's an opportunity to, to create better outcomes, better experiences for people like me, my family, people I love across the country. And that presents an opportunity to build big businesses. But uh, each new dollar of revenue, each growth, each new hire is uh, helping people. And uh, that felt like a good good reason to, to dig in and focus here.
0: Well, amen to that, Spencer. And, uh, you know, love your your drive for doing well by doing good. And, you know, you and your team have decided to focus on on a really hot area. The time for mental health is here and and the acceptance of mental health as as something that's important, we need to deal with is now among us. So talk to us a little bit about your company and how you're adding value to the healthcare ecosystem.
1: So- We're excited to have some venture capital investors, uh, excited of the technology platform we've built. But at our core, Concert Health is a behavioral health medical group. The vast majority of our employees are really talented behavioral health providers, licensure types like social workers, licensed professional clinical counselors, marriage and family therapists, and then uh, nearly 20 psychiatrists and psychiatric nurse practitioners, and felt like this wasn't an industry that just needed a new app uh, or a new service or a new platform but really needed to restructure, re-architect America's behavioral health system. And to do that, we needed to build a really big group. We're standing on the uh, shoulders of of foundational research of a particular clinical model called collaborative care management, which is an evidence-based form of integrating behavioral health into your primary care setting, or other physicians which really take sort of principal role for their patients like uh, women's health, particularly around pregnancy. And so what we do is partner with, uh, sign agreements with those and deliver care together. How we add value to patients is that our behavioral health services are integrated right with your PCP. So we are working alongside her, documenting together in the same medical record, coming up with an integrated plan. So you don't feel like you have your therapist doing one thing and your PCP working on your diabetes is something totally separate. It's integrated because we all know that was a mistake we made a long time ago to treat your depression and your weight or your diabetes or your COPD separately because they so often commingle. mingle um, they make each other worse, they often need to be treated together. Second is the collaborative care model. And what we focus on is focused on your needs. And so that can look like full-on traditional therapy services, or it can be things that are more lighter touch, goal-setting, medication management, understanding what people want and need, what they have time for in their lives. But finally, with really owning the outcome along with our patients. So really focused on always constantly measuring the severity of their symptoms and being committed to getting them better, helping them get better. And uh, that can be just helping their PCP manage antidepressants. It can be full-on courses of therapy or it could be acting as a bridge to identify specialty care that they need to get into with a less common or specialty condition like an eating disorder or opioid use disorder, as an example. To our medical group partners, the PCPs we work with, we work now with about 46 medical groups and health systems that range from small independent offices through some of the biggest health systems in the country. For all of them, first value is help them be better doctors, get outcomes for patients that they care about and they really want to work on effectively. Second is to try to save them a bunch of time. We can take referrals same day. So we're measuring access in terms of hours, not days or weeks or months, and helping them, the referral coordinators, everybody feel like they can get patients connected to care and that they really have support in developing that care plan. And then finally, help them build a new service line. These, this model is now a covered benefit by almost all the health plans in the country, Medicare nationally, most commercial health plans, and Medicaid in about 18 states. And so really helping them together, deliver care together and make money together, build a service line that supports that, uh, makes them a, um, a little bit of margin in, in their old revenue model, what we often call fee-for-service, and hopefully sets them really well up for their value-based, outcome-based measures that they're, everybody's jumping into at one, one degree or another. And so really helping to be their partner to be successful in those models.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Spencer. Uh, really appreciate that thorough overview. The multi-stakeholder approach, making sure that, you know, you're really hitting on all, all of the stakeholders, I think critical. And also just kind of hearing you speak about it, it's a unique approach. There's been a lot of efforts in mental health to, to really push technology as the solution or be the bridge builder. But you guys are, are really taking the provider approach. You're saying, okay, before we get disrupted, why don't we do something about it and own it? So I'd love to hear from you more, more about maybe some outcomes that you're improving or things that, that you're seeing as, as you know, signs of, hey, this is working.
1: Yeah. So first is access, right? And so we try to measure um, speed to get a referral into our behavioral health providers in hours, you know, not days mm-hmm. or, or weeks or months. Always commit to same day, next day. Often a median is reaching out to patients within three or four hours of their primary care visit. Um, and measure that in minutes if they have acute risks like suicidality. Um, that can be really critical because a lot of people maybe aren't going to search out therapy or, or fight through a referral queue, but if their PCP says, hey, I'd like Jennifer to call, Jennifer really helps support me with my patients, they're willing to do that. But acting fast can get people into the help they need and get them to make sure they don't sort of backtrack and say, never mind, maybe I'll work on this myself. Second, uh, that we focus on is, is symptom reduction, right? And so what we measure is an outcome measure called the 90-day improvement rate. And so within 90 days, we're able to get 60% of our patients to see a a half reduction in their symptoms of depression or anxiety as measured by an evidence-based tool. And we're really proud of that. We think it's um, industry-leading. Many more we can get to hit that metric uh, eventually, but focus a lot on rapid in that first three months. Because for a lot of people, you can make real improvements in their life quickly if you focus on it. And then finally really working on being a great partner for those primary care teams. Like you mentioned, really multi-stakeholder approach. Our most important person that we focus on is our patients and doing great care, but almost as important to them is really being a great partner to our primary care teams who kind of invite us on to their care team. And so what does that mean? It means saving the doctor and the referral coordinator, precious minutes every day. They don't have to fight to get into access, they can know that it's the same place and a, a person that can pick up and support them, and then to help them realize that behavioral health can be sort of a sustainable, value-added service line for their group. Um, and I think a lot of it is also focusing really on two ends of the spectrum. Obviously, most importantly, there can be those really acute patients, those folks that they're worried are going to die by suicide um, or really have a crisis, and sort of say, "Hey, someone's there in the trenches with me, helping that," because those are the people that stay with you for your whole career. Also, on the other side, there's those people that maybe they're not worried about or they don't realize have really bad symptoms, but they get lost to follow up. It's like if, if the patient doesn't come in and say, hey, I'm still feeling a little bit better, but not all the way better, it's too hard for the PCP to, to manage. and We really provide them with a more systematic approach that says, listen, Concert is in charge of tracking this person until we're sure they're better, until they, their symptoms are reduced. We've got a relapse prevention plan in place. They've got the coping skills that they can manage themselves. And a path to raise their hand again to us or to their PCP if they're a new stress in their life, whether it's weeks, months, or years down the line.
0: Well, yeah, Spencer, the turnaround time is amazing. You know, like I mean, you're talking hours to at yeah. latest tomorrow. And yeah. that is just like huge. So kudos to you and your team for being able to do that in a field where it's not done. It's just not that fast. It doesn't happen. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about scalability. You know, I, I know one of the common obstacles to scalability has been that, you know, inability to do do this remotely. I know COVID maybe changed it, but you know, this is a good opportunity for us to learn from you changes and in, in how these services could be delivered. Uh curious to hear your take on that.
1: Yeah, there's already a strong evidence base that this model, collaborative care management, could be provided remotely, already perspectivized randomized studies that have shown that. Uh, Even when the behavioral care manager, that licensed behavioral health provider, is physically in the primary care office, often 70, 80, 90% of the care is remote. It's part of the model is to talk to people more frequently, but often for shorter bursts. And so if you're going to, you know, let's say we're working on behavioral activation, exercising more, right? You know, if if, uh, we set a goal to go running in the morning, you don't need to trek in 30 minutes, drive, wait to pay for parking to see your therapist to say, hey, did you go running yesterday? Great, let's celebrate that together. Yeah. What that should be is a 90-second phone call that says, man, that's great. Are you sore? Oh, that feels good. Let's try it again tomorrow and let's get in that habit again because you know that that's going to be better behaviors leading to better feelings. Um, and so it was already like that, probably with not quite a majority, but many of our partners pre-COVID, we had some level of co-location. So some of our care managers grew up right on site on the primary care office, maybe when they had an open exam room because they had a provider that doesn't work that day. During COVID, we've moved to just about a totally remote model in which all of our interactions with patients are video visits or phone calls, and that works phenomenally, um, and it's way more convenient for patients. We're certainly looking for forward to the day where we could do a little bit more of that hybrid approach because sometimes it can be great. Some patients just want to be in the same room. They want to meet their provider. They want to shake their hand When once that's safe again or, or elbow bump or, or uh, namaste from, from six feet away now, but also it helps us really feel like we're part of that primary care team that they know the care manager is supporting them. um, And they understand we really are a team joined at the hip, not a referral service or a call center somewhere that picks up their patients.
0: Yeah. No, thank you for that, Spencer. Really appreciate understanding that better. And, and so as folks are listening today, What's your call to action here for, for folks? And are you looking to partner with more providers? Are you are you looking to partner with health systems? Like, I just want to kind of build a bridge here and yeah. see what type of connections and opportunities can, can be made. Well, so
1: I'll appreciate that. I mean, you've just got so many inspiring uh, presenters and your audience that you've built here. So thank you for letting me be a part of it. And sure. I've been inspired by some of their stories. Yeah, I'd say for anybody in your audience that helps run a medical group or health system that really wants an easy button for behavioral health, right? whether or not those are large primary care teams, uh, women's health, uh, oncology, other specialties like that, that realize, hey, we know we need to manage people's depression, anxiety, behavioral health, and we need a way to do it, and we don't know how to start. We think we can be a great partner to do that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, please have them reach out. Folks that think this is a fun place, this might be a fun organization to join. We're hiring like mad. Uh, you know, most focused on the on those clinical clinical roles, uh, behavioral care managers, and psychiatric consultants, but a whole bunch of administrative, operational, and business roles as well. Uh, folks can see the open jobs just at our website, ConcertHealth.io. Uh, that's also a great place to get in touch with us uh, if you're interested in. Learning more about our services, even just get in touch with me. We're growing, uh, which is exciting. But I'm still the one that sees the uh, incoming web form uh, off of the website, so that can be a pretty direct way. Uh, or folks can always get me on Twitter. I'm at sc hutchins, or or on LinkedIn. Uh, you can go find me at the concert health website and those are also great ways that uh, hopefully both to follow what we're doing and if there's a reason you want to get in touch with me personally, you know, ping me either of those places, try to be as responsive as I can.
0: Oh, I love it, Spencer. Great great opportunity here and so I, I jumped the gun on on getting the, the the bridge built there because there's an opportunity here. I want to have people, you know, take advantage of it. There's a lot of need here. So appreciate you sharing those contact pathways. Let, let's get back to the the discussion. So really around setbacks, one of the things that we learn most from as entrepreneurs and leaders is setbacks. So, so talk to us about a setback that you've had that you've learned a ton from that you feel has made you guys even better.
1: Sure. One, I'd say maybe comes a setback before concert that's helped shape how we've built concert. My last company I founded, Reflection Health. Was a pure, we really conceptualized ourselves as a software business, built a great FDA cleared platform uh, to help people do their physical therapy at home uh, with an early focus on people recovering from joint replacement surgery. So we took the, the camera, um, the technology underneath Microsoft's Connect uh, camera that they'd used to make fun video games, and built an FDA cleared product that helped you do your rehab at home. And we were really proud of the work, had great clinical uh, engagement, great like clinical data. But we had really conceptualized ourselves, oh, we're starting a software company because that's what you do. It's a digital health company. You know, the software and healthcare stinks. And Mark Andreessen said it had to software had to eat the world. And and uh, that's what venture capital is back, and that's what you do when you're in California, you know. And we did that, but oh kept saying, oh man, but you know what's stopping this? We really need to get the physical therapists and the surgeons to engage with the platform. Like we want. Oh, and the reason they're not is because the, the physical therapists are paid per visit, and our value proposition is to reduce eighty percent of the visits. So that's not a very that's not very impressive. You know, I can understand why they don't log into this thing or why they're mm-hmm. hesitant to it, right? And and recognizing that, yes, absolutely, the software needs to get better. But I think we learned over time, and it took us a while, and we had some growing pains. We eventually found a lot of great success. But it's so often the case that the problem you're trying to solve is not just that the apps aren't good enough. There's something deeper, the culture, the organizational model, the revenue model, all of that sort of stuff. And and I think we really took that focus at concert. And that was the reason we decided not just to build a care management platform, not just to build the the data interchanges, or not just to build a group of 1099 therapists, right? You know, what, what so often gets referred to as your network, right? But we said, no, we need to create exceptional career experiences for amazing clinicians and really bring them on. That's why we decided to build this sort of as a, I guess the jargon would be a full stack offering. And, you know, that was painful. It took us some time at reflection and I think has really served us in good stead as 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 I started this next adventure.
0: Good for you, Spencer, and a great lesson to be learned now you got a provider focus. I like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not, you know, it's not always true. I think sometimes you find great organizations that really just do need better software, right, or something. Uh, mm-hmm. That can often be it. But, you know, I think a lot of times it's to say, what's the value I'm going to create in the world, right? And then how do you do that? And a big part of it in healthcare is always how to get paid for it, right? How do you make these always. money flows work and those yeah. things? But, you know, you got to be anchored on solving the problem. And, and that's what we figured out is. You know, most importantly, solving that patient problem, almost as importantly as solving the primary care problem. And, and also, I think it's also creating really great career opportunities for talented clinicians. And that's another part of what we need to do to really grow and continue Truly. to scale from our 110 people on the team now to what'll take thousands and thousands to solve the need, even our existing
0: partners, much less um, as we continue to grow. Wow, that's awesome, Spencer. Really, really appreciate the, that lesson learned and, and how you've turned it into, into something very exciting. With really, you know, concert health. So if you look into the horizon today, what are you most excited about?
1: You know, uh, it's a fun part of the business. It's mostly just hiring people that are way smarter than me and getting them to do great work, right? So, you know, just this morning before this, I was on our internal webinar onboarding, I think 10 new people, seven of them were clinicians, you know, a senior software engineer, our first outside sales rep, you know, some operational folks. And it's just super exciting to be joining those. It's an exciting moment on any early startup when you realize that you're not just this idea anymore but people are joining you because it's a company and you give health benefits mm-hmm. and and they could do great work and hitting that inflection point is exciting and and it's just so amazing to watch people solve problems that I didn't even realize existed and offer solutions before I had even thought of it right now. and so I think that's really exciting, in particular, just incredibly talented social workers, licensed professional clinical counselors, marriage and family therapists. I think they are too often some of the most underlooked superpowers of our healthcare system. They're incredibly talented, not just empathetic, but incredibly smart, driven, really focused on solving problems for patients. Um, and if we can do a little bit to unlock that talent, use it more effectively across uh, people that really need it, I think we'll have, done a, we'll have done a good and important thing and have built a big business doing it.
0: I love it. Spencer. Fantastic work! Want to give you just tremendous kudos and your team, your growing team. So, for those of you listening that uh, want to join a growing team, Spencer's hiring. <laughs> so <laughs> Definitely check him out. He shared his contact info mid-podcast, so if yeah. you want to hit rewind. Otherwise, just go to outcomesrocket.health. Type in concert health, and uh, you'll find all of the the details on how to get in touch with him. And otherwise, concerthealth.io is is the platform. Spencer, what a privilege to have you on here. Any closing remarks before we uh, conclude?
1: No, just um, it is a uh, exciting year for us. And I just uh, reemphasize if if this sounds like a fun journey, uh, hit that website and uh, see if there's ways you can come join the team.
0: Awesome, Spencer. Hey, thanks for jumping on with us today. It's fun. Thank you. Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, Saul Marquez here. I get what a phenomenal asset a podcast could be for your business and also how frustrating it is to navigate editing and production monetization and achieving the ROI you're looking for technical busy work shouldn't stop you from getting your genius into the world though you should be able to build your brand easily with a professional podcast that gets attention a patched up podcast could ruin your business let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.